Hello, this is Joan D. Martin from Crime and Punishment, Why the Poor Stay Poor in America. The title of today's post is, It Can Be a Full-Time Job to Get Your Unemployment Benefits, and yes, it's on purpose. Last week, I wrote a post critical of how the unemployment compensation system is being administered, particularly the expansive leeway given to states and the disparity in the amount and distribution of benefits that result. Today, I'd like to share my recent experience with the unemployment system in Ohio to better illustrate the frustration and specific roadblocks anyone can face when they attempt to access government help. Despite the research I've done for this newsletter and my personal experiences with these types of applications, I still don't know whether it is a purposeful attempt by government to deny monies to people in need or whether it is simply the structure of government programs and the lack of training to frontline workers. Unfortunately, I lean toward the scholarly research that demonstrate that it is at least in part a purposeful effort to save money on the backs of the unemployed and poor rather than burden business and the wealthy with additional taxes or legal requirements. Either way, it is a policy choice to keep it this way. For the most part, the people who write the laws don't need to access programs like unemployment, food stamps, Medicaid, or home heating and cooling assistance, for example, and likely never have. So they either can't or won't empathize with the millions of our citizens who must spend way too much time practically begging for help. Does the problem actually exist if you can't see it or if you don't live with it? How many elected officials at any level of government have actually walked into or waited for hours in a county food stamp office or tried to make an appointment for home heating and cooling assistance? And our system has long favored business over people, which provides the foundation for both the negative attitude and structural bias against giving direct aid to individuals. I realized that my application for unemployment I filed last fall was not cut and dried. It had nuances that would likely make it complicated, which I won't detail here. But after reading the statute and regulations, I was fairly certain I was entitled to receive unemployment benefits. But keep in mind that the unemployment laws are complicated and unnecessarily so, but I had an edge because of my past law practice, or so I thought. My initial application sat with no answer for over a month. They have approximately 21 days to act on an initial application until I called the agency and was told that they couldn't make a decision because my bank account information was not on file. It was on file. I submitted it with my initial application, but nevertheless, I submitted it again. The very next day, my application was denied with no substantive reason, reasoning, legal or otherwise, to back up the decision. 
I appealed this initial denial, and the unemployment agency denied it a second time, again with no substantive reason except reference to a rule that allows them to deny applications. Both of these, both of these decisions were made internally, meaning within the unemployment department. My third appeal, however, was scheduled for a hearing with an outside independent board called the Unemployment Compensation Review Commission and an administrative law judge. The telephone hearing lasted barely 15 minutes, and that included my swearing in. My employer was invited to attend, but was a no-show. I was able to mention to the administrative law judge that I was surprised that there had been no legal reasoning to support the agency's denials up to this point. Her reply was that the legal reasoning part didn't happen until an appeal was brought before the review board and a judge reviewed it. I wondered how decisions are made on applications and their initial uh, decisions without applying the facts of each case to an understanding of the complex rules that apply in unemployment compensation claims and then putting that reasoning in writing for the applicant. The administrative law judge did not mention her thoughts about the case during our brief hearing, but she did say, and I'm only slightly paraphrasing, that given the relatively simple and straightforward facts of my case, I should expect a decision within a few days. The next morning, I received a detailed written decision with full legal analysis that overturned the denials and determined I was indeed eligible for unemployment benefits. Within a week, I received nearly four months of back unemployment benefits and have continued to complete my work requirement searches for the remaining two months of my benefits. Within a couple of weeks, though, the unemployment agency was back at it. I received two separate notices that my unemployment benefits were being held up because I supposedly did not have an updated resume on file. I did, and I inexplicably needed to resubmit most of the documents I had already submitted with my initial application, like my Social Security card, driver's license, etc. And yes, the agency once again requested my bank statements as a way to ensure my correct address. To sum it up, it took three appeals and just over four months to receive unemployment benefits that never should have been denied in the first place. This costs the taxpayers time and money to review my appeals, and me, months of worry, coupled with time-consuming and unnecessary tasks of uploading documents several times each, writing appeals, gathering information, all causing untold stress. What should I have been able to... and? What I should have been able to spend my time doing was completing job applications. But it's not just my specific case that is the problem. It is systemic, as detailed in a September 2021 article from the Columbus Dispatch. Apparently, the Ohio legislature and both Democratic and Republican administrations have been, quote, kicking the can down the road, unquote, for decades, 
failing to accomplish anything to reform the unemployment system, using the usual unresolvable disputes between labor and business as an excuse. And here's a quote from that Columbus Dispatch article. Quote, according to the U.S. Department of Labor, benefits paid last year as a percentage of total wages sat at 1.56% in Ohio compared to 1.87% nationwide. The gap between those two figures was not as significant in 2018 and 2019, although Ohio was still slightly lower than the United States overall. But Zach Schiller of an organization called Policy Matters Ohio said the state's average benefits are below the national average and, can, and are not enough to keep a family of three above the poverty line. Schiller also argued that Ohio claimants tend to find work before maximizing their benefits out at 26 weeks. The notion that unemployment is somehow allowing people to maintain some high lifestyle, well, nothing can be further from the truth, he said, end quote. I'm going to make a bold claim here and say that way too many people who are recently unemployed and living on the financial edge just give up and never file the applications and appeals required to fight the system and never receive the benefits available to them by law. But don't believe me. Read this report from Bloomberg News stating that at least 9 million people who applied for unemployment benefits during the pandemic did not receive a penny. Uh, I want to remind you that I am going to be sending out not only this post, but shortly a, an additional note Uh, It has some additional information on unemployment benefit work requirements. Um, And I'm going to send you the exact language that that I see when I file an unemployment claim. So I'd like to hear from you. What have your experiences been with unemployment benefits? Have you applied and been successful or were you denied benefits? Please share your thoughts in the comment section below. I'd love to hear from you. And by the way, if you are not already a subscriber, why not take this opportunity to join our community with a free or paid subscription? A new paid subscription or an upgrade from a free to paid subscription will allow me to expand this newsletter with additional primary source information like interviews and public information requests and expanded podcast offerings to include real live guests. Although I won't be going on strike anytime soon, the current TV writers' strike demonstrates that writers deserve to be paid and paid well for their work, just like any other profession. Thank you in advance for your financial support of my writing. See you next time on Crime and Punishment. Thanks for listening and reading.